This is Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. For the first time in 39 years, the Boston Bruins have won the Stanley Cup. Talking Bruins in the NHL. Sure, old-time hockey. Like it is sure. Yeah. yeah. With Ken Laird from the Greg Hill Morning Show. What a bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. Pete Blackburn from CBS Sports. What are you guys doing? Putting on the foil. Every game. Yeah, you want some? No. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Everything gonna be all right? <laughs> Sunday Skate is brought to you by Star Market. Give me a great The official supermarket of the Boston Bruins and by Red River Technology. Brought your cars with you, huh? Yeah, we're on the road. We're all set to go. Lace them up for some bees talk right now. We got a lot of losses. Yeah, we got a lot of losses. Sunday skate, I'll give it a big B plus. On Sports Radio WEEI. Just Laird and Calvin today, we've got Pete Blackburn off recharging the batteries, Matt. I, I told Pete that all those Coronas were going to catch up to him and he was going to get that virus, so he, he has to stop drinking Corona. Who picks Maine to go to recharge their batteries, too? He went to Maine. Like, In February. Right. So, only Pete Blackburn. He'll be back next week. I can't complain. I tapped out a couple weeks ago with the flu myself. No Corona, just the flu. I want to start and go against Radio Instincts, Matt, and start a little positive because I, and I think you as the curmudgeon of the show, are viewed as too negative. Too, too negative. Too negative on the Bruins. And this team is in first place right now. They have a 4 nothing shutout in, uh, on Long Island yesterday as they beat the Isles 4-zip and, and, and Tuca with another shutout. But before we get into the particulars of the game, just the big picture now. They finished up February 11-3. and They have a nice cushion on Tampa. And maybe the most positive thing you can say about this team is Tampa, even though they won yesterday, had been skidding, and they've lost Steven Stamkos to a... What do they call it? A core injury, core muscle injury. Yeah. But you know what? Let's face it. This team, that team has lost players in the past, and they've they've survived. They're not. I guess that's Stamkos, a deep team. Stamkos. He's he's a pretty good player, but considering the, the schedule and the, the league as as it's built, you're not too worried about them. You know, they're not going to go in the tank here. Yeah, and he, even if they do, he, they're going to make the playoffs, and he'll be back for the playoffs. Per, I mean, you still have report. to you still have to get a couple of points in your head to head games with them this week. Big week, two games with Tampa. If, if they get on the road, if Tuesday. they were to lose. In regulation, both games, that would make it dicey regardless of who's in their lineup. But, yeah, I mean, right now, if they get a couple, all they do is get, I'd say, in those two games, out of four points, get, a split. Get, get two points, you know, lose a couple of shootouts, whatever. Just get two points out of that, and, and, they're, and they're cruising right to it. Tampa does have a game in hand, and they're seven back, so they could be, you know, five back going into those two matchups. But really, I mean, the Bruins have 16 games left. They have a chance to get 32 more points. If they would sweep those, they'd be at 126, yeah. which would set a franchise record. Last year, Tampa had 128 points, which is incredible. <laughs> you think about it. Right. But even if you get half of those, you have 110 points and you're, and you're sitting pretty. Uh, you know, you could, if you win the number one seed, play some tough teams. It's bizarre to watch some of the other Eastern Conference teams melt here. The Penguins have lost six in a row. I mean, you could have Crosby in the first round, the way this is trending. <laughs> I don't um, think that's happening. It yeah. could. I, I mean, they lost. They got shut out last night uh, to San Jose 5 nothing, and I thought they were the winners at the deadline with everything they, they had done. But oh, you, Washington's been struggling too. It's just yep. I mean, uh, it, Carolina, I think it lost three in a row. It's just a, like two thirds of a season blues, you know. You have basically eight, seven or eight teams you could play there right, right now. If you, if you're the number one seed, you could play Philly, Pittsburgh, yeah. Islanders, Columbus. Columbus, Columbus think, is pretty much penciled them out in. Of gas right now. Um, Islanders, Philly, yeah, those are the ones to, to watch out for. Yesterday to watch Marshawn put the dagger in the heart right after <laughs> Komarov uh, blows up Bergeron is just a thing of beauty. I mean, uh, Marshawn obviously had a terrible Game 7 last year. Here's and, the thing about Komarov, okay? 
Uncle Leo. You watch that game, and Marshan's all up in his face, and he's doing all that. And he's always, like, looks, he always has a stunned look on his face. Like, he can't believe <laughs> that the guy who's been doing this to him for, like, 10 years now is doing it to him. I was. Looking at the referee. The the like, he always has a look of disbelief. Like, he can't believe that this guy's doing these things. And it's, it's just so weird. Like, does he not have, like, a memory? Does he not know what's going on? But but it's beautiful. I mean, Marshan with Pollock on his back, Pollock, Pollock, yeah, um, and and backhands that in, and that's it. Three zip, they're dead, and then chirping them on the bench as they go by. I mean, he is a killer. That top line right now with Pasternak at forty uh, his forty seventh goal yesterday. Uh, they they are awesome. And I will say this: I, I you made the case last week, and I think you have for several weeks that Cassidy should have done more in terms of bolstering the D at the deadline. He's Sweeney, Sweeney, yeah. Um, I, I disagree. Having watched now Lazan here for well, what, 16 until, games. Until yesterday where he was a little better all around and got a lucky bounce on a goal scored, Matt Grizzlick has kind of been terrible. He had a little slump. He hasn't, he hasn't been moving the puck quickly, and if you're not going to move the puck quickly, he still takes those massive hits and, uh, you know, has trouble, trouble defending down low. So clearly they but, were – But that's part of the reason I, I like Lazan is that pairing. He's got a little thump. Right. He's, he's your well, Kevin Miller prototype. Uh, got six stitches on the chin yesterday. Even if he does falter, I mean, this is what you're paying John Moore for to be a seventh D, right? Or when Clifton's healthy, he comes back. Are you? Are you, are you really? I mean, I, I think you got to feel pretty good about their D heading into the postseason. There's been there's been some struggles, and you know what? Too, you, I, I don't want to ruin your. It's my positivity. Story. I don't want to ruin the positivity segment, but I was actually thinking after that game yesterday, like as great as they played and four nothing win is awesome. Um, they scored all three of their even strength goals with the perfect perf- with the first line, perfection line, whatever the hell you want to call them on the ice. Well, that's in the negative box. They I weren't get, got there. They yet. weren't getting much from the other three lines again. <laughs> but yeah, okay. You want to say the D is playing well? I mean, they played great last year. You, you know, they got through to the final with John Moore, but I just don't think it puts you over the top. I think you need to have a better mix. I think when you play a Tampa or a, remember best of seven series is a whole other animal. We've seen it how many times. Um, you just want to have, I mean, yeah, even, you know, think about it. Even against Toronto last year, and it's pretty much the same Toronto team this year, you needed to put a David Backus in the lineup to add that little bit of grit, that little bit of size That's to change the to momentum, remember? I mean, it wasn't that long ago that they needed him to come in and do that. So you don't have that coming from him this time around. Where is that going to come from? Well, your back end would have been a good place to get some of that if you had made a move for a Brendan Dillon type player. They don't trade for D men at the deadline very often. Do you think part of it is the system is too complicated? They feel like it's too late in the year, uh, you know, with the zone scheme they play to, to plug guys in there. Because I, Cassidy I, I think it's, I think it's because that. they really like their depth. I think I think Sweeney boasts about that. I think he's he really thinks that if they had to get down to the eighth and the ninth, and it's Vakaninen and it's Zaboro, that they'd be fine. I mean, he, I think they really like it. I mean, not that they. Don't explore it at all, but unless the, it's something that really, you know, they can get away with where a team's looking to just dump something, that, which wouldn't really happen where they're trying to dump something that you think is useful, Yeah, I think they think that that's the way to go. I mean, and they're more worried about the forwards and the secondary scoring to make sure they add enough pieces there. Probably the guy I'm actually worried the most about. I hate to pull a Jermaine Wiggins card, but Chara got beat by Barzal yesterday in the second period and took a slashing penalty. I'm thinking, oh, so this is, you might... That'll pop up in the playoffs yeah, every he, now and then. He, he, still still has has a, he still has a little bit of the adjustment ment- mentally to remember that he's not yeah. 30 and he can't just pinch and can't you know <laughs> stand up in the in the neutral zone. He needs to back off a little bit, give some gap. And uh, Is it time for load management? I mean, if they if, let's say they sweep the... Well, it's the already load management. Week. He's already down a couple minutes a game, he right? He played and, like 21 minutes yesterday. Yeah, so he used to be in the 23, 24, 25 oh, that's, range. That, that's so the char load management? You know, once this thing is wrapped up, I'm sure they'll they'll start doing some load management. They, they, they haven't... You know, shied away from that. 
And McAvoy had a giveaway uh, yesterday in the third that was bad early, but uh, but uh, you can, it's hard to uh, to to bitch. He has yeah. been on a nice roll here. He, I, mean, I mean, he falls into the Chara category where people would complain about Chara. But well, when you're on the ice for 28 minutes a game, you're going to make some mistakes. I mean, he's always going to make some mistakes. But I mean, his positives, even when he wasn't scoring, and everyone was decided that made him a bad defenseman, and scouts were calling un, unsolicited to say they were going to trade him <laughs> to some people. Um, yeah, it was never really happening. He was always trying to take care of the defensive end and was doing a, a decent enough job. I mean, right now you have a six-point lead on St. Louis for the President's Trophy, and I know a lot of people are superstitious and don't want to win the President's Trophy, but clearly if you win that at this point and have home ice throughout, that's that's a huge boost for you. It is surprising to see Boston and St. Louis first in each conference. Yeah. I mean, really, uh, some people thought it was a fluky final last year. This is proving it certainly was not. Yeah, I mean, I, I never bought into St. Louis before – the run they had, and people were saying they were cup contenders, and I never really saw it last year. Obviously, I was way off, and now that's to see Pete, the, Pete called that early. I give, I give Blackburn credit for that, right? Exactly. I mean, it's pretty amazing that that team. But you know what it is? It, it, they're not the most talented team, St. Louis, right? But they are a team. They have yep. they have these reinforcements on the back end and up front. Guys get injured. You know, they play without Tarasenko all year. They fill in these guys like Robert Thomas, Sammy Blay. We saw it in the in the final. How these guys contribute. I mean, that's what that's what the Bruins are going for. Except they haven't developed them enough to the point where they have to go and trade for Richies and Kashas. They don't have these these guys to come up on the minors and plug in. Well, Stanika is sitting there, and before the show, I said to you, should we get Mark Diver on for a couple minutes just to talk about him? And you said, don't wake Mark up. I'm, I'm sure he's not up for another three hours. I would agree with that. But he scored a seventh shorthanded goal of the year. He looks yeah, so good. I mean, right. why, where, what are they waiting for? Bring, well, him, bring him in. Yeah, I mean, they're going to see what. Obviously, it's going to come in. But you know, you also don't want to. Some guys might be kind of fragile at this point, but yeah, once these once the intensity of some of these games comes off, especially, it might be good. But I don't know. Do you really don't want to bring him up for Tampa? They'd week? rather not throw him into the fire in the playoffs if they don't have to, right? Well, but but throw him in now then. Is that, isn't that yeah? I mean, more to the point. I think, I think they're trying to get through this little stretch here with Tampa, the two Tampa games, and then next week, and you then bring maybe him up. by next week they start oh, to think sense. about that. Plus, you know, Providence is in a is in a fight too, and there's something to be said. For winning in the AHL, clearly you want Studnicker <laughs> to be up here. Not. They're not. They're not going to not bring him up because of that. But you know, when you get these guys some some experience in the playoff in the in the, in the minors, it's it's a pretty big deal. All right, okay, I'll give you that. Uh, what else am I missing on my uh, positivity segment here? Before we get into to gripes, they were focused yesterday. They were rolling four lines. Uh, yep. You know, so that's all all well and good. I think you you knocked this on uh, Twitter, but I do think Bruce Cassidy could be coach of the year. I it think just he's, never I goes think... to the coach who's the coach of the best team. It hardly ever does that, right? Well, who's the favorite right now? The favorite right now is probably either Tortorella or Travis Green. Travis Green of the Canucks. Um, or maybe Mike Sullivan. Those are the three that the NHL listed and, and had people up in arms about. Well, Mike Sullivan's team's lost six in a row. So exactly. Now they're, now they're going. That. Of course, they, the NHL also tweets out that Vasilevsky's a favor for the Vezina with his nine fifteen save percentage. But isn't there something something to be said for bouncing back after a Game 7 cup loss at home and yeah, getting I mean, the team to run to the I mean, he would be cup? kind of in the conversation. How about David Quinn with the Rangers? No one saw them you know, making such a move this year, even though they added Panarin. Mm. Barry Trotz always has to be there. You know, obviously, you just he won last year. Dismantled their team, but they're, again, they're good again. I mean, they just keep, you know, they, they just keep keep it together. They don't have a superstar player. You're wrong. Cassidy's going to win. Jack Adams this year. <laughs> Tuka's not going to win the Vezina, but I think that's your that's your, well, and of course, uh, Pasha not could win uh, Rocket Richard. He's got a two goal lead in that for sure in the goal list. Uh, he's sure. not going to catch uh, Drysaddle on points. No, I and, don't think that's happening. And he'll probably win. Uh, he'll probably win MVP. All right, so. That's just a wide encompassing. I mean, this team is in really good shape. They're a right. good team. They have a great chance. So um, they have always been a good team, though the whole season. I mean, the, they added the, at the deadline because they 
they saw that they weren't perfect. I mean, you have to look forward. You're not looking at March games against Columbus. You're looking at April, May games against Tampa. And even, you know, as much as we know they should be able to handle Toronto easily in a first-round series if it, com- if it comes to that, mm-hmm. we said that the last two years, and look how look what happened. I mean, it's just a different a different beast in the postseason, a hot goalie or, a, you know, a fluke play in the, in the things turn. I mean, it also comes down to health, right? I mean, people keep bringing up, you know, that they lost that game seven, you know, with, with Marshan and, and Pasternak both banged up. People talk about Marshan's line change, but maybe his, ha- his, his bad hand that we knew was going to happen. We knew something was going to happen in that damn scrimmage. Yeah, and, well, uh, and, and had, had a wrist thing yesterday. Briefly, I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> right, just banged into the wall. Yeah, you, you never, never know you what's know. you never know what's just a, a short term thing and what might linger. So, that's true. Okay, now coming up, I want we're going to get into your conversation with Tori Krug, and I do want your reactions to the first week of Kasha and Richie because I think those are going to be they're not going to fall into the positivity category. But well, Kasha got like a half a week, right? <laughs> okay, got two games. But we start uh, on the phone lines, and you can join us six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven with the first lady of Skate Maria in Watertown out of the shoot today, because I think she wants to talk Bruins D as well. Hi, Maria. I do, I do, but I just want a couple of quick comments um, on some of the points that you gentlemen made. Um, home ice, I don't care about at this point, because, <laughs> no, I really don't, yeah. I really don't, because after last year, and then what happened against the Blackhawks, I would be very happy to see a Game 7 on someone else's ice mm-hmm. and watch the Bruins skate around with the Stanley Cup, because I just think for some bizarre reason, maybe there's more focus. Um, I don't understand it, but I would prefer not to see that again, um, if, if possible. Um, the other thing is um, I want to thank the Bruins for going 11-3-0 in the month of February and not subjecting us to any overtime or shootout. <laughs> thank right. you very much. Was there not one thank in the whole month? Much. That's awesome. Yeah, that was the stat I heard this morning on um, on Nesson. So I was like, thank Jesus. <laughs> um, and with regard to the defensive core, um, I'm okay that they didn't make any changes because, honestly, I think they do have the components that they need to have a relatively active decor offensively. I'm not really sure why, you know, Cassidy doesn't unleash them a little bit more often but I, I think that, you know, Grizzly can skate and, and move the puck. Um, McAvoy is, is showing what we've been waiting for to see from this young man. Um, of course, we've got Tory Krug. And I think when Brandon Carlos sets his mind to it, he's got some offensive skill too. So, you know, I know a lot of it relies on, on the health of these guys and, and having that depth. But um, I think that this team will be – successful for the remainder of the season and well into the playoffs if these guys are more active um, offensively. And then I know you're probably going to talk about this with regard to Tory Krug because there hasn't been any inkling of what's going on with this kid and his contract. But um, I was on the camp of I'm not, you know, I'm not a fan of his defensive prowess and don't want to overspend for his offensive prowess, but I certainly understand the impact that he has on this team, Um, and I'm not sure why there hasn't been any conversation, but, you know, I I hope that he maintains the status quo and goes in line with, you know, the the team-friendly deals that the Bergerons and the Pasternaks and the Martians have taken, because honestly, I, I hope that they don't overspend in an effort to keep this young man. 
Well, we will talk about Krug. Thank you, Maria. Appreciate the well, phone I think, call. I, I think we'll talk about Krug more later. But I think just <laughs> just to briefly to Go say, ahead. I don't think they're not they're not going to overspend. They've shown that, right? There's a structure here. There's a budget here, and this is you have to fit it or you don't. Um, the overtime and shootout thing is funny because yesterday on the pregame show when they were trying to fill some time there, um, you know, Nesson had some uh, some youth hockey players and they were asking questions and they asked. One of the questions was to Brad Martian was, how do you guys prepare for the shootout? And his answer was basically, we don't. We try to win in regulation. or And then we and, then and, they, we just, and to correct, there were two overtime games in the month. Nicol, okay. Nick LePan, uh, yeah, Bruce, says the Chicago game. Yeah, right. Chicago, that was February, right? And Edmonton, they won yeah. in overtime as well. Right. But, but avoided the shootout, so that must exactly. be the stat. So that's huge. But now they can go to a shootout. That's why right. cash is and, here. And, and just to go back to the defense core, I mean, I know I'm supposed to be the curmudgeon here, and this is what I'm thinking. I'm, I've never been worried about them being offensively active. I mean... When Charlie McAvoy wasn't scoring, it wasn't because he wasn't being active, like joining the play. Clearly, he was not. He was kind of tentative to shoot the puck sometimes, but there were chances where he was hitting the post and not getting bounces, and he was he was still active in the play. You can be active in the play without actually scoring. Yeah, and we've seen that from the other day. I'm worried about a the defending and the and the breakouts against teams like Tampa, even even Toronto. The way they play now, they come at you on the forecheck. I'm, I'm worried about them being able to hold up with smaller guys that they have. And then when the injuries hit, if one or two guys come out, okay, John Moore's next. Who's after that? Connor Clifton? Clifton and Camphor. Camphor. Can we trust these guys? Clifton's been out a while now. I don't know what Bruce Cassidy's waiting for to get him some run. I mean, I guess he's going to – I guess it seems like this is a big week for them. They want to just get through these three Florida games, hopefully rack up enough points to really have a, a ridiculous cushion, and then they're going to start plugging guys in. Like, I think you'll see Clifton come back in next week. You'll see Studnicka come up next week, play a little forward. But um, they have to – can they really trust those guys? Whereas if you had – I wasn't saying all, that they had to bring in a def- big defenseman to play regularly. I wanted someone to come in to be able to rotate with Grizzly and Lazan and whoever in that bottom oh, pair. Oh, like a 7th D. Depend- depending be- on the matchups. But but Brendan Dillon was the big name, right? Right. That was out there. That's if you if you're going to trade for Dillon, you're playing him every night. And, 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 why, not, and why not solidify your decor that way? I mean, I don't I don't know why you would because I think they like Lazan. They just want him to play. He's been very good. I mean, other than the suspension, whatever. In the grand scheme of things, it was a third round pick that he went for, or a second. I think a second. So, in the grand scheme of things, how much did you need that draft pick to not to just to be sure? I, it, it goes back to the Kasha and Richie thing. I mean, if, I don't know if I want to if we want to segue to that yet, but yeah, let's do it again. They're they're question marks, and they've shown that in these first two or three games that they've played, and we don't know, A, how they're going to play in the regular season, and then in the playoffs, you really don't know what you're getting out of these guys. I am very skeptical. I mean, Richie had two penalties yesterday. He looked terrible. I mean, I understand That's the Dallas the Nick game. Richie we all knew and loved when he got him. That's what we worried about. There was also an alarming quote. We had uh, Guy Bear on, the Ducks analyst on the skate yep. pod earlier this week. Nick, I think you have this uh, clip in there uh, where uh, Bear's talking. You asked him. Basically, does he show up every night? Right. And Abear didn't rip him because I don't think he was going to rip anybody. But he once he gets into starting to talk about veteran leadership, this is a little concerning to me. Here's what he is he engaged more often than not engaged? Let's 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 put it that way. Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, everybody expected and continues to expect. You know, any any player to to keep raising his level of play and mm-hmm. and you know, can he? You know, is he, has he just scratched the surface of? you know, what he can do at the NHL level. And, uh, you know, ironically, he has probably one of his most productive nights right. uh, of his career. And then, uh, you know, he's traded the next day, uh, two goals, two assists against Vegas. Um, so it's just one of those things where that's just another sign of what he's able to do. And, you know, I, I think that 
you know, a lot of times guys need maybe uh, a fresh start or they need, uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a different coaching staff or they need different players around. And uh, ironically, we were talking about, you know, um, you know, Heinen coming out to Anaheim mm-hmm. and, you know, talking about the work ethic that exists in the Bruins locker room. You know, everybody knows about Chara and Bergeron. Uh, their work ethic, Marchand, you know, so I think that's the type of thing that I think Nick Ritchie will really pick up on. And I think he's going to see the work ethic of these guys and, and the expectations of playing for a Stanley Cup. And, so, so there you go. He's talking about work ethic. And so when he's saying that, yeah. is, is he saying he needs a kick in the ass? He needs, right. he needs Chara and Marshawn and Cassidy <laughs> to motivate him every night. That right. is not a good sign. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just like his brother 2.0, right? So, and that didn't work out. Yikes. But. So I always get I'm always skeptical when they when they bring up things like that. Oh, you'll throw him into that culture and he'll find his work ethic. I mean, again, we've said this several times. They got they brought Johansson in here, and you and I didn't know much about him, and nope. clearly he got hurt early, and we thought he was going to be a bust. We mm-hmm. called him dead wood, but yeah. <laughs> he had he had a maturity and a, and a veteran presence once he got going that you could tell he didn't he wasn't looking for anyone to like kick him in the butt. He could play. And he had a, a postseason track record, and that's the type of player you were looking for them to get, not uh, not these two question marks. Who, and of course, <laughs> you talked all the time about, oh, they're going to get these, uh, they're going to get somebody to play with Krejci, get someone to play with Krejci. So now they got these two guys, and they stick Krejci with them. Oh, poor Krejci. God, just it's this is a revolving door around the guy. Yeah, he's got he's got to pick up both of them. Krejci, by the way, now has gone nine, no, ten games with yeah. two assists. Ten games. Two assists. That's it. That's the list. So uh, his line has obviously been scuffling here for a while, so much so that DeBrusque got demoted for these two, and DeBrusque's now at nine games without a point. Yesterday he had three shots. He looked yeah. a little better. Yeah, he's looked a little better the last two games. I think he's taking it to hard at least to play harder at, without the puck. He's, been, he's back-checking better, and like you said, he had, he had some chances yesterday. They weren't just three you know, shoot-ins from the perimeter, so that was a good sign to see, and Again, it's the question marks. This is there's no secondary scoring here right now, and people are, uh, you know, in Sweeney we trust, and uh, you know, good for you. We'll see how this goes. I mean, I think we said on the skate pod, on the skate podcast, that you have to get past Tampa or the second round, no matter who it is. You never know; Tampa might fold up again. Yeah, um, to make these deals look like they were the right moves to make, and uh, for sure, no excuses. I mean, even if there's injuries. You're supposed to be deep enough to overcome them now. I don't care who gets hurt. You're supposed to be able to overcome them at this point. And, um, you know, clearly, like we, 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 I guess the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes were positive, so hope no one holds this against us. But clearly, there's still some question marks here. It's not the perfect team. There are. We'll talk a little more about the roster shuffling and your big chat with Tory Krug this week. Did you, uh, like, uh, corner him? And uh, uh, that, that was a, that was a Matt Kalman exclusive, I can only assume. Right? Oh, of All course. Those quotes. I mean, geez. Yeah. I mean, you were badgering the guy about Mookie Betts. And, uh, exactly. We will get to the bottom of whether Krug is staying for the long term. Matt Kalman's big chat with him. That's on the way here on uh, Sunday Skate. No uh, Pete Blackburn today. He's off uh, recharging the batteries. Let's find out what's trending. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Greg Hill Morning Show. Pete Blackburn from CBS Sports. And WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins, and by Red River Technology. What you do as a group, you end up with a couple of goals, I think five assists, and Bruce was just saying out there, he does want you guys in that part of the game. He does want you to yeah. join the mix. 
Yeah, we've always had the green light, and um, as long as we're taking care of what's going on in front of our net, then you know he'll give us the green light every single time. So um, you know, time and score, appropriate timing, third period if you have the lead and it's two nothing, you know, probably not. And what ends up happening is Charlie scores a goal late. So um, we just try to you know make the right reads at the appropriate time and try to you know, contribute as much as we can. Tory Krug yesterday. 4-0 Bruins win against the Islanders and two assists for Tory, including uh, the uh, first entry. Uh, Carlo hit him in the O-zone. The weird bounce off the back wall. Pasternak rips it in for his 47th. And he also set up McAvoy on the fourth goal of the year. Ken Laird, Matt Kalman with Pete Blackburn off here today, recharging the batteries in Maine. But let's talk Tory Krug. You had the big sit-down with Tory about his uh, contract extension. Stand up. We'll stand up in the corner of the, uh, uh, the dressing room. Uh, what? Just give me overall. Is he staying or not? I mean, after talking to him, it's it's very much worth the read. He talks a lot. He talks about Mookie Betts and uh, comparables, and uh, you know, it's, taking it's, less. I think, is he staying or not? I think the point of my story was I don't. I still can't get a feel you for. Still it. don't know. But here's here's what it comes down to. Like like Maria was talking about when she called in. He needs to find his spot in the structure of the team. They're not going to pay him. Let's face it. Even you know, David Krejci clearly has been the. Uh, the highest-paid player for a while now, and that's not going to be the case on his next deal. And he has to find his his spot within this structure. And, his and, spot and the, is the power play quarterback. I mean, what the power you, play quarterback and second pair D. And but you're not going to. I don't think they want to pay him more than the seven million. Right. That's that seems to be their cutoff right now. Looking forward to the fact that you're going to have, you know. Guys that are coming up on new contracts that are, you know, when McAvoy, let's face it, Carlo is already going to be due, he, he eligible for an extension next year. McAvoy the year after. So when you're looking forward to these guys who are other parts of the core, the younger parts of the core, if you're if you're paying Tory Krug nine million, how are you going to, you know, pay the guys that are in their prime that do more for you more than that? I mean, this is this is, you know, in the day, back in the day, it was Harry Sinden. It was kind of unofficial that. Ray Bork was the was the salary cap for the Bruins, right? I'm not saying they they necessarily 100 percent doing that, but clearly there's there's a there's a thing here where they're not. That's why you don't have a Mark Stone here, or even a Kreider, people like that that you think you're going to have to pay more for that. They want everyone to buy in and understand that six million is is as good as nine million when you're playing on a winning team. And Tory Krug would not be doing these uh, commercials where people are stalking him, <laughs> or that you know the Zamboni's riding around behind him. If he played in some other city, that they don't appreciate a guy like that. Well, he here's one quote he gives to you. You say, with all due respect, you know we make a lot of money and we're well paid, but when you're turning down big dollars like that, he's referencing Mookie here, right? Yeah. It's not much of a difference in lifestyle, to be honest. You can get away with making a little bit less here and there. That that says to me, I'm, I don't, I'm not looking for nine right. million. Give me seven and by seven, quote, and, and, I'm good. and obviously, the quote that I kind of pulled out more was just of him saying he's trying to find the balance between what's fair and what's and playing for a winning team. So I think. Mm-hmm. Balance um, of being paid fairly and obviously being part of a winning team, too. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there was also another comment that he made about getting your last kick at the cam. But I, I think that kind of was more about other guys. Like he talked about. For us, you typically only get one kick at the can, so you're trying to maximize your value and as much as you can make. So definitely right. a little bit crazy. Yeah. So when you think about that, but I think he understands maximizing his value is my value to the Bruins. Because does he really want to go someplace? We've talked about this before. I mean, break it down for me. Where is he going? The Detroit thing is ludicrous. Why would he want to go there for nine million to go to a total rebuild? Because nine, they'll pay him nine million. They just that's, traded. That's a, they just traded double A. They traded Mike Green. They traded everybody worth 
you know, they have like the three players left on that team. So it's really a, a carcass over there, right? This is a guy who came. Think about this. He joined the team that was the defending Stanley Cup champions. Mm-hmm. Basically negotiated his way into playing two NHL games when he when he came out of college because he, he you know he felt so good about himself and the Bruins had to agree to that to get him, right? Right. But he didn't join some nonsense BS team that he could have played 18 games for them. He came to a place where not only did he come to the team that was defending the Stanley Cup, but then he spent most of the next season in the, in the Myers. Only came up because of the injuries in the postseason. So he obviously likes a challenge. Now, is it a challenge? Do you think the challenge appeals to him to go with a team, whether it's uh, Detroit or I guess maybe Chicago might have the space at some point, depending on what goes on with Seabrook and, and some of their higher-priced guys. There's a few other teams that could probably fit him at, at the numbers we're talking. But is, is that the challenge that he wants to try and turn someone else into a winner or maybe to stay here and have a sustained run of success where you know this team with the younger guys, not to get too carried away and not to be too positive, but this team could challenge – for the cup for two, three, four years at this point. Sure, they could. He's twenty-eight. Uh, they freed up three point two million in cap space with their maneuverings here at the deadline. Back and, and don't you Heinen. think they're, they're, we always talk about the core and the window closing? But I, I've always said to you, that I don't think the window is closing. The window's closing on this core. But don't you think they've brought in some of the players, at least, especially on the back end? I mean, a McAvoy, Carlo, Crew, Grizzlick. If he's if you're keeping those two guys, <laughs> but if you're if you're working in a Vaca nine and at some point here too, and Lazan, like you, we're singing his praises today. Mm-hmm. It's a defense core that. You can actually see the light without Zdeno Chara now. Yes, I mean I think long term so, goalies a question, and your centers you just don't right. know how Stanek or Frederick. Well, that's and, just it. They, they don't Beach quite have be. the high end prospects, but that's to be expected when you're a winning team every year. They never bought them out, right? And they never even came close. They never picked what was McAvoy the pick fifteen. So they they never really picked higher than that, right? Right. Maybe you go back to the, the Dougie. You know, Dougie Hamilton was a Toronto pick, so that's the only time you got really a kick at a top ten pick lately. So, and they do great with the college free agents. You know, Carson Coleman. Uh, we haven't seen Cooper Zach come up. He's on, he's on a minor league deal in the AHL. This is a guy as a project. They'll give him some seasoning in the minors. He could be the next Grizzly for all we know. Um, some of the the lesser heralded prospects seem to contribute in Providence. Obviously, you know Jay Leach runs a great program down there, and they're getting some the, the right experience in it. So you don't know. And now they don't have the first round pick this year. So clearly, it's going to be harder to to uh, you know refill the the, the tr- coffers. But this is a team that could you know they could be. Within the structure of the NHL, it's, it, you can't compare. They could be a Patriots type team at least, where they're, they're there at the end every you know every May at least. But if you don't keep Krug, and this article that you, your conversation says to me, Krug is willing to stay for seven years and seven million per. That's right. less, and, yeah. and he's willing to do it. The question is, are the Bruins willing to do it? But why did you free up three million in cap space if not to sign Krug? Now I understand they have a lot of guys up. Uh, you know, DeBrusque's going to be an RFA. So is Grizzlick. What are those guys going to make? I have no idea. DeBrusque right now is struggling, but yeah, I mean, he's a 20 goal guy. There was guy. one article saying DeBrusque is a $5 million player. I don't buy it. Wow. Uh, Charlie Cole is five and a quarter if million. If he's a $5 million player, well, would we you should pay always, him then? We have to do, start with the caveat that a lot of these articles we were reading in the summer in the skate podcast, and we were reading, they were way off. I mean, all these projections. The Carlo numbers. These, and the, the, the guy at the McElroy. athletic with the name that with the, <laughs> that starts with an L that's all vowels. God, you hate the athletic. It what is, is up with that guy? Right? I don't know if, he, if any of his predictions were right. I remember going back and looking at them, and he was way off on so many Dom of them. Dom Yeah, whatever his name is. And... Um, so we, you know, you can't really guess. But again, I think you take the Carlo and McAvoy negotiations from last year. Clearly, it, it ran up, you know, pretty late into the summer, into the off season. But mm-hmm. you look at the at the deals they took, knowing they they can cash in at a later date. Everyone has to look at it as the cap's going to go up a little bit this year. 
assuming there's a new CBA, there'll be there'll be some more you know money freed up, and then the new TV deal will will expand things, and so there'll be more room for people like McAvoy and Carlo. So it's not the worst thing in the world to kind of let Tory maximize at this point to the point where maximize within your structure. So you're saying seven million? Yeah, I would say like six point eight gets okay, it done. Fine. You know what I mean? This way they're not hitting that seven million dollar mark. <laughs> But and, um, but but, it, but would you trade DeBrusque? I mean, we talked about this before with Krejci. You have to consider if, if he's going to be a five million? million dollar guy. You can't pay a five million dollar guy, you know, to be streaky. And you have Kasha and Richie for at least another year. Plus Bjork and Coleman are going to come in pretty cheap because they've hard, have hardly any experience. Kasha, no, you might have no for like eight years. I mean, you've got control for him for a while, right? I mean, he's he's an RFA, that's right? Gonna, exactly. You, you, so you've got these guys. Then you've got the Stadnikas and the Fredericks that you've kept all this time. So th- they're deep there. You know, are they are they great? Like I said, are they any high end players other than other than Stadnicka? Are, are any of them high end talents? No, but um, they're all probably NHL contributors. We haven't, you know, obviously we're not even going down low for for Beecher, and you haven't seen Jacob Lauko this year because he got injured in the World Juniors. He hasn't really had a run. And uh, I mean, I like the brush. there's a guy that we really like the training camp, yes, right? We I thought he might Lauko, make the yeah. team. Yeah. So you know, obviously, assuming he comes back full full strength from this knee injury he had. There's there's another guy I can contribute. So you don't, but the answer is you, you're not sure if they're going to sign Krug. Krug will sign for seven by seven or seven by six eight. You're you're saying I still think he stays. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I think if I was if you're, get gonna, if you're going to put me on the knock me off the fence here. Yes. I still think he stays. I think it's like six times six point eight. I mean, you know, the other thing in my article is about Kreider and and Pajot, right? Again, Kreider, everyone's telling us, oh, eight million, nine million on the open market. Clearly, he decided I like it here. I, I, I'm yep. gonna get. He got. He got he what? Gets, six, he gets the seventh year, though. He got the seventh year, but uh, at, at fair money for a guy who produces him. And and you have to look at. Don't look at the back end. I mean, stop, fans. Please stop being so. You know. Well, you can't because you just saw Backus with two years left on the deal not but be able the to Bacchus get on the ice. Was a mess. They signed him at 33 years old, 32 years old. Chris Kreider is 28. Tory Krug is 28. You're talking three or four good years. The Bruins barely got like a year and a quarter out of Backus. He's gonna hoist a cup it's, second. It's, it's different. Let's go to our good buddy Fred in New Hampshire. Hello, Fred. Morning, guys. Ken, Matt. Good morning. Happy March. You too. Um, The first thing I'd like to talk about is the people who wanted Joe Thornton to come back. (laughs) Yeah, he scored last night. Oh, my God. You know, it's so funny how everyone's talking about Joe Thornton, Joe Thornton, and and he'd be great for this team. And I told you, won't he be too slow? Pete stood here, sat here telling me he's going to be a fourth-line center on this team. He's too slow. And then after the trade, then when he doesn't go anywhere, people are like, oh, yeah, I guess he was too slow to play for the contending teams. Nick Ritchie took two penalties yesterday and had one hit. Continue, Fred. Joe Thornton. Okay, let's go back over Joe Thornton's history. He left here. John John Madden ate his lunch the day before he was traded. Okay, and then spit him out. And Joe Thornton, the, the behind the net stuff when they were on a power play, basically killing the power play. Look at his playoff record. Why would you want to bring him in for the playoffs? Look at Joe Thornton's playoff record. They've won six division titles. Okay, they went to the Stanley Cup Finals once. Go back and look at sixth and seventh games when he's gone to the playoffs. Where he is, he disappears. He's got zeros across the board when they needed them the most. We want him back here for what? We got rid of Backus. We don't need Joe. We don't never need to see Joe Thornton again. Joe Thornton. I don't know what these people are, are, are dreaming about. Uh, what he did. He was. 
he was okay here. He was nothing that ever, we'd never have a cup if Joe Thornton was still here. <laughs> Ouch. Never, ever have a cup. There'd be no chara. Right. That we, we'd never, ever get to see the great hands of Savard. We would never see any of that. So, just, just that's, I, I heard that. I just makes my blood boil when people say stuff like that. Anyways, the, the second thing I want to talk about, and you're going to call me crazy, but we need to see more from pasta. Okay? More from pasta? More. Yes, more. This guy has more in him to give. Oh, and you watch, like yesterday's game, okay, he got, he got that goal. What did he do after that? <laughs> I mean, too many times they would throw the puck to him, and he, he uh, at times he just throws it in did the middle see, of the did ice. Did you see him come to Bergeron's the fence? He came flying in. He came flying in against Komarov. He took that roughing penalty. Well, that's fine, but I, I see so much. He's got forty-seven goals. He can he can be better than he is. He can take. I've seen it early in the season. Him taking over games. He was the star of the game. He's not the star anymore. Oh. And and uh, he's living on his laurels right now. Oh, we need more from Pasta. I'm I'm, I'm call me crazy. You're okay? Crazy. But I'm telling you, he can give more, much more. And and you know, when Maria says that she doesn't want home ice advantage. I know why they don't want home ice advantage in Boston. Two point six seconds was left in that game against the Stars at the end of the second period. And there was a delay, and people could have been standing up after that second period, which was a great second period for the Bruins. They could be all standing and cheering and telling the Bruins that, hey, we appreciate what you did in the second period. But were they standing? No. They just, two point six seconds went by, and they, they, uh, the period ended. And they went, you know, they went off. And, and you, if you want a hell mice advantage, fans got to be there to bring them up. The, you know, it, it just bothers me that, that uh, you see things like that, that second period, and the fans really, why weren't they given a standing ovation at the end of that period? Freddie, thank you, my friend. Bring in the cheap music today. Jeez, going after the fans and well, Pasternak. Let's, let's do this in reverse order. First of all, to go back, I forgot about Maria's point about the home ice advantage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's right about the Chicago series last year, Game 7, but as I, as I made Toronto? reference in my story, two Game 7s against yeah. Toronto. Last year, they took Carolina out of that series by winning those two games at home. It's still a help for them. Um Pasternak has to give you more. He's 23 years I mean, old. Defensively, he's flaky at times. We all know that. But I, I think, think he'll he back checks his rear it. end off, and I think uh, he's shown some physicality this year. And I think we know we know that teams are targeting him, so clearly he's fighting through it. So, yeah, he's not dominating games that way because he's taking hits and stuff. And then the Joe Thornton thing is interesting because this is what happens with guys, some guys. This happened with Yager, too. When you make a few quips and the national media, especially the Canadian media, gets a good laugh out of you, you know, Joe Thornton sealed sealed his his fate when he made that reference about the four goal game and what he was going to do if he scored four goals. Once you give the Canadian media a quote like that to run with, you have them in your back pocket the rest of your life. So you go from being the guy who chokes every year to the playoffs to the lovable older older statesman who deserves it a cup someday. Been fun. He would have been inspiring. I I, I was and pro Thornton. the fact is he hasn't won anything. And yeah, he's a great player. I mean, there's plenty of great players that haven't won anything. The Gilbert Perros, the Marcel Dion's, and. Joe Thornton doesn't deserve the cup any more than those guys did or any more than Ray Bork or 
you know, anyone that actually won one at the end or didn't win one at the end. And they just love him because he's got the beard. You know, he was basically the trendsetter with the crazy beard. And he says funny things. And he's laid back Joe. You know, but it's it's, it's, it's ridiculous. On, on it's ridiculous to think he could come in and be a difference maker here. It could have been a better upgrade. They would, they would have brought center. him here. I mean, how would have been a Gary Roberts esque inspiration. That would have been a terrible position to put Brooks Cassidy in here because he would have come in here. He would have held back the fourth line. They would have been held so slow. The and then line. he's in a position where do you do you bench Joe Thornton in the playoffs and cause this controversy? Because no, no then controversy. the Canadian media remember the Canadian media media already calls Bruce Cassidy smarmy. The most transparent, genuine, nice coach in the in, in all of professional sports, and he gets called smarmy really? by the Canadian media. That? I think it was like Damian Cox Some guy or Ken oh. Campbell, one of those bitter Damian Cox. That's a fools. But real the, quick, John and Maine's been hanging on forever. Real quick, John, how are you? Good. Good morning, guys. How are Good you? Good morning. Good. So you know, here's the deal. David Pasternak needs to do more. Come on, <laughs> come on. But I'm a Rangers fan. I would love to have him on my team. I understand we have Panarin, we got Kreider, we got Zabanajad, but having David Pasternak, the guy's a generational talent, a generational talent in the NHL. Forty-seven goals right now, he's unbelievable. But you know, hey, you know, to each of their own. Everybody has an opinion, so there you go. But here's the deal: piggybacking off of what was said earlier, you guys are definitely going to get the President's Trophy, home ice advantage, the whole nine yards. What matters is what happens in April and May. You know, do you guys have the depth to get there? Mm-hmm. Adding Nick Ritchie, you know, that, that's one that I scratch my head on because I watched him in minors with Peterborough. The guy was gritty, hard-nosed on the puck, physical. You know, he hit guys. He was always in front of the net. But you look at him in the NHL, and not a lot of these guys, their junior game doesn't translate to the NHL. Right. And it's tough. They get there, and, hey, you don't know what's going on, you know. You have to you have to adjust, and I don't know. I, I worry about the Bruins' depth, uh, their acquisitions, you know. But, hey, you guys are definitely getting the President's Trophy. Home ice advantage, everything. So I wouldn't worry too, too much, but you're looking towards the future, and you're like, eh, what's going on next? What's going on now? Like, do we trade for Kreider? Do we not, you know? I don't they're, know. They're trying, to, they're trying to serve two Master John. We talked about that. Matt and I are both a little skeptical that they – didn't go in harder on their depth scoring. More uh, of the skate coming up. Final thoughts. We'll get you ready for uh, James, Wiggy, and Fallon as well. You're listening to Sunday Skate with Ken Laird from the Craig Hill Morning Show, Pete Blackburn from CBS Sports, and WEEI.com Bruins writer Matt Kalman. Sunday Skate is brought to you by Star Market, the official supermarket of the Boston Bruins, and by Red River Technology. Uh, as for the D, I thought early on we were transporting the puck well through the neutral zone. You know, uh, the Islanders play a certain way with that right wing lock, so you can get up that right side. I thought we took advantage of that. The ice that was available either got an attack or got it in behind them. And then our D kept pucks alive. We're a pretty mobile group back there, so we, we encourage that. And um, it usually starts with a good, you know, four check situation or playing off the original shot allows us to, you know, our D are know we're coming up, and then the forwards are covering, so that, you know, that it, it kind of works in tandem there. So you got to give credit to everybody for that. Bruce Cassidy after yesterday's four nothing win. It is interesting he taught he in that clip there. He I just love that he uses the word transporting, but he like, says like putting but, it on a truck. But he says basically the D was active because of schematics, like it was a situational, like they could against New York because of the way they play. Some teams you can't. Base is kind of what he alluded to. That's a, kind of a weird thing to say. Anyway, D had a great game yesterday. McAvoy with his fourth goal. You uh, were one of the few who predicted like seven or eight when he had a goose egg uh, exactly. a week ago. Oh, for credit sure. Because you saw that you saw it coming. You saw the 
the aggressiveness if he just needed to shoot more and get some bounces. It was going to happen. I mean, the guy is an all-around strong player. Just want to put a ribbon on the discussion about Krug. Yeah. You talked to Tori Krug. Check out the Matt's article at WEI.com. we got to get out of here shortly. But you believe he wants to stay for 7 by 7 6 by 7 something right. like that. Are the Bruins going to pay him? The bottom line is to keep him, they probably have a tough choice to make. We brought up DeBrusque. If DeBrusque's going to make $5 million, that might be the guy you trade. But also, Halak is a tough call. He's a free agent. And you would love him for one more year, right? Right, and I don't think he's in. A, he's not going to sign somewhere for uh, more than one year where he's not guaranteed to not go to Seattle. So it's going to be a, a tough decision on his part how much money he's going to spe- make. And the fact is, there's so many teams looking for goaltending. He'll he'll have he'll get like a two year eight million two, dollar three deal year, or something exactly. So he'll be he'll be in good shape. So he's probably gone. So if you skimp there, maybe you keep the Brusque and Krug. If if you go if you go Vladar one of these backups, it, it, as long as you feel like well, Rask then you can still have the you still have Krejci and, and Rask to extend too. So it's going to be interesting to see how that comes down. But I think you know if I was going to pick one guy out of all these to be the now we, we were talking a few weeks ago about Krejci being the one to go. Now that you've saved the cap space, you don't have to go that big. Maybe it's Jake DeBrusque if he's going to make five million and be this streaky and not be that reliable when you have so many left wings that can come in and, and, and take his spot, that might be the one to go. And real quick, Bjork got benched uh, first time since October. Is that long-term, or you think that's just a little like the fire? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, just like we were talking about who's going to play uh, once <laughs> this stretch of this week game, week's games are over, um, it looks like you know, Bruce Cassidy wants him to kind of get in there and, and show he could play a playoff-caliber game, and uh, he didn't do it, so... He'll he'll get his run again, but you know, obviously he's on a bubble. All right, two games with Tampa this week. We'll be back. Check us out at the Skate Pod. We post every Thursday for our midweek episode, and of course, back here next Sunday with Pete Blackburn, eight to nine a.m. on ninety three seven FM in Boston. We've got coming up next: Mark James, Jermaine Wiggins, Courtney Fallon, James Wiggy, and Fallon on the way next on Sports Radio WEI.